Eagles Entertainment. With the 15th pick in the NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select... You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast. Welcome to the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand. I'm your host, Fran Duffy, and the Senior Bowl starts this week. We've got uh, all the action down in Mobile, Alabama. Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, he joins us this week for a special edition of Mr. Relevant, where Jim is going to take us through the players he expects to generate the most buzz by the end of the week of practice. Things kick off on Tuesday in Mobile, Alabama. We're going to have uh, a check-in later this week with Dane Brugler, or obviously his boots on the ground down there. Uh, I will not be in attendance this year with the uh, the Eagles making the Super Bowl this past weekend. So we've got plenty of analysis coming your way here on the podcast feed, but wanted to make sure we got you the, uh, the latest here from Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl. Let's get to his interview now in Mr. Relevant. It's time for Mr. Relevant. Really excited to welcome back here to the Journey to the Draft podcast for Mr. Relevant, someone who's been on the show a number of times before, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, which kicks off this week in Mobile, Alabama, Jim Nagy. Jim, welcome back to the show. Hey, Fran. Thanks for having me on. Well, let's talk through uh, some of these players that are going to be down there in Mobile, Mobile this week uh, and really want to get a sense. You know, we'll kind of get the crystal ball out, and you can tell us who fans, media, everybody's going to be talking about a week from now after the, uh, the events have concluded, and we'll start at quarterback. Who's a guy or two the, a week from now that everybody's going to be buzzing about based off what they do this week in practice and certainly in the game on Saturday? Well, I think Jake Hayner's going to have a really good week. Um, just spoke to Jake on the phone yesterday, and he's, he's one of those guys, Fran, like, you can feel the confidence within like 10 seconds of talking to this guy. Like he is a extremely confident guy uh, and, ge- and like genuine, not rubs you wrong confident, like a, a nice level of nice level of healthy confidence. So uh, I just like him because he, he's just a good quarterback, man. Like he, he understands how to play the position. He, he I think he's going to pick up the playbook quickly. You know, those guys usually do well down here. Guys that like know where to go with the ball right away. Um, seemed to have an advantage. Mac Jones was that guy a couple years ago. So uh, no, Jake's Jake's fired up to be to be down here. I think he's gonna have a really good week. Yeah, a guy that we've been talking about here on the show uh, for a couple of years now with what he's done out in Fresno State. Excited to see him during the week of practice this week. How about a running back? Who's a guy that, uh, you know, running back, it can always be tough in practices sometimes to be able to get a sense just because uh, it's more geared towards pass game stuff. But what are you excited to see uh, from these guys this week? To me, that's our, our best group we've had over nice. the last five years since I've been here. I mean, uh, we've had some really good ones. You know, t- Tony Pollard made the Pro Bowl this year. Um, Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris, R- Ramondre Stevenson won over a thousand yards this year. So we've had we've had some good some good running backs. But from top to bottom, this group is is really good. I think there's could be four or five NFL starters out of that group. Um, you know, Kenny McIntosh was our highest graded guy. Uh, from Georgia, and that's a room that we haven't had a lot of success breaking through over the years. So that's that was cool to get Kenny. But you know, I think I know you know him, um, Fran. But I think to the to the you know a, a more casual draft uh, follower, I would say uh, this is going to be a big coming out week for Tajay Spears from yeah. Tulane. Um, he's a junior. Uh, the staff gave us a heads up about him early early in the year. And I, I think we were, you know, Tulane for us is a two-hour drive to New Orleans. So that's mm. uh, And they play on a lot of weekday nights. So I think we saw Tulane play live four or five times this year. Just an easy place for us to get to and cross-check other schools. But um, I think Tajay's, his real coming out party was on a national stage was probably the Cotton yep. Bowl. Um, five touchdowns. Just a, 
you know, an elusive runner, not the biggest guy like Buck 95, but he looks bigger than that when you see him. Like, if you would if you would have told me if we were playing the circus game on what you know, guess this guy's weight, I would have said like 205. But uh, you know, he can make people miss. He's elusive. He's good in the open field, and uh, he's good in the pass game. You know, he he caught a touchdown in that Cotton Bowl as well. So uh, I think it's set, setting up to be a really big week for Tajay Spears. I love the, uh, just what he can do in the open field, like you mentioned. It just feels like he's one of those guys that uh, just always has a nose for the end zone. Even when, when he wasn't a full-time starter, he's putting up double-digit touchdowns, and not everything's like down on the goal line. He's, he's just got a nose uh, for being able, being able to find green grass and get out there and get into the end zone. I was excited to see uh, that you guys added him to the roster right after uh, that Cotton Bowl performance against USC. How about a wide receiver? I, I know a lot of eyes will be on no, a number of the playmakers down there at that position. Uh, who are you most excited to see over the course of the week well when you say most excited Fran like that <laughs> yeah yeah that's true that's true that's a good point yeah, you're excited hard. to see everybody <laughs> uh, I am I'm, I'm cheating on you now I'm kind of staring I'm looking at the board I mean there's a lot of guys a guy that I haven't you know been talking a lot about lately but but it's kind of in your backyard so I'll bring him up on, on this podcast is Andre Yoshivas from from Princeton yeah um you know I think we spoke at this time last year and Christian Watson was like a yep. fourth he was a fourth or fifth round pick for everybody like at this point last year, I hadn't talked to a single team that had a day two grade on Christian and uh, came down here at a great week. He obviously blazed the combine running four, three, whatever he ran. Um, and we saw you know, 34th overall. So he made he made a massive jump. I, I, I hate to peg that kind of stuff on players. Like I don't I don't want Andre to think he's you know, going to get up there, you know, uh, sniffing the first round. But I certainly think for all our small school guys, I think it applies across any position with the smaller school players. You get them. You get them against a higher level of competition. They have a, a chance to really to jump because that's that's really the one question mark left with Andre. I mean, we know he's got size. We know he's a high end athlete. Um, but just to see him down here going against press man, you know, longer corners, um, separation. I mean, so he's got a chance to uh, really help himself, and I, I look forward to seeing him. Christian Watson was the first name that popped in my mind as I was watching him. And I know that Andre was one of the first guys you invited, a bunch of small school guys. Real quickly, before we move on to tight end, what is it like, uh, you know, you guys play, always prioritize getting those opportunities to those small school players. A bunch of them were that initial round of invites. How important is it for those guys to go down to Mobile and show out against some of the Power 5 competition that they're going to see in this uh, week of practice? Yeah, you know, we started doing that four years ago. I think with Kyle Duggar was the first trip up to old uh, Hickory, North Carolina, Lenore Rhine, um, and uh, it, it's just it's it's a lot of fun, Fran. It's some of the some of the you know favorite moments we've had is going out on these campuses and and uh, and you know this. I mean, you're you're in the Eagles facility every day, man. Like that locker room is is special. Football's a special sport. Um, you've got guys from all walks of life and backgrounds and. So to go on these these small school campuses and give them the invite, it, it, it I think it means a lot to all of our players. But I think for the small school guys especially, and then just to feel it, you know, feel the teammates, you know, the love from the teammates and how excited they are for their guys. Those those are uh, those are fun times. This tight end class, a ton of depth overall, especially through the senior class. Uh, who's a guy that a week from now a lot of people are going to be buzzing about based off what they do in Mobile? Um, I think Davis Allen from Clemson is a guy that, that yeah. is flying under some radars. You know, I mean, there's, you know, obviously I think Luke Musgrave is a guy that has a chance to get up in the first round mix when it, when it's all said and done. And he just doesn't have a lot of tape this year, only playing in two games. Yeah. But Davis Allen is a guy, um, you know, talking to Woody McCorvey on the Clemson staff before the, before the season, he was like, Jim, I think, I think Davis is the best tight end we've ever had. 
I said, well, wait a minute now. Like you had a first round pick a few years ago. Um, I'm blanking on his name, Dwayne Allen. They, you know, they had Dwayne yeah. Allen. He was, it was a first round pick. He goes, no, I know Jim. I know who we've had. I'm telling you, this guy's the best guy we've had. So, um, you know, he wasn't, he's not a, a highly targeted guy, but, uh, you know, a fluid big guy went there as a, you know, kind of a wide out out of high school and just kept growing. Yep. He's gotten better and better as a blocker. And uh, to me, the, some of the stuff I love about him is the adjust, you know, his adjustability on the football. Uh, he's a guy that mm. you kind of put it up around and he, he can make, uh, you know, you don't think he can make some of the catches he can make. Um, you know, you just, he's one of those guys you can put it up to. So uh, I think, I think uh, he'll have a big, I think Davis will have a big week. Yeah, the position flex with him really stood out. Watching him in that offense, the, the way they moved him around, you could tell that they had a lot of uh, uh, confidence in what he could do for them in the passing game. <clears throat> How about the offensive line? Obviously, it's a big pool of players, uh, but who, who's a player or two that uh, really could stand to improve their stock with what they do this week? Yeah, there was, again, I'm cheating on you. I'm peeking a little bit. I think uh, you know a guy that's not being talked about a lot, I mean, I think we're talking about the Darnell Wrights and the Cody Mouks and those guys, but... Uh, you know, Wanye Morris from Oklahoma to me is a guy that's got a chance to really to really ascend. Um, he's a guy that there's there's a there's a little bit of a wow factor to him. Like I used mm. to, I call it a holy crap factor, but I usually don't say crap. I say another word. Sure. But um, <laughs> he, you know, when you see, I think the first game we watched him this year, I think he missed the first couple games and he played against Nebraska. And uh, some of the stuff he does getting out on the perimeter in space and at the second level. Just with like body control, the ability to adjust, um, you don't find you don't see it very often. Now he played right tackle there because Harrison was the left tackle, um, and Harrison's going to be a high draft pick too. I, I haven't really studied him because he's not senior bowl eligible, but um, Wanye's got left tackle athleticism. Um, he's a guy that started right out of the shoots in high school at Tennessee, uh, was an All SEC freshman player, so he's. He's got a long track record of playing, uh, but he's a guy you just don't hear a lot about. And again, you just can't you can't coach the athleticism that he has. And it's not just that. Um, there's some nasty flashes too. I mean, the guy will will take people to the ground. So um, you know, again, you're not hearing a lot of like early round buzz with him. But you know, when he gets through with one on ones, um, those guys, those ta- those big athletic tackle bodies are really hard to find. And um, so to me, he's, I think it's going to be hard for him to get out of, get out of the third round. A little Philly flavor with him as well, being named after uh, the boys to men artist, uh, Wanye Morris. Um, pass rusher, let's go over to the defensive side. Is there a guy uh, coming off the edge that might see a little bit of Wanye uh, this week that we need, to, we need to know about or we're going to know more about by the time we get to uh, next you know, Sunday, Monday? Well, like a small school guy like Thomas Incum, not small school, but group of five guy from Central Michigan. Yeah. You know, Thomas is... Uh, you know, he was a D2 transfer. He was he was at Valdosta um, and had two really, really good years up in Mount Pleasant. But a guy I'm really excited about is Keon White from Georgia Tech. Um, I think this guy's got a chance to, uh, you know, be a first-round pick when it's all said and done. I think he's more talented than a lot of the mock first-round draft stuff I read. I think Keon's a, a better prospect than a lot of those guys. And uh, the, the key thing there is just he's got smaller man movement skills and he literally, with I, I talked to a, an NFL uh, guy at the NFL Network last night who just got done watching him, and he's like, Jim, it took about three plays to realize how good this guy was. So that's really when you know you're dealing with like a first-round pick. It, it doesn't take very long, right? Yep. Um, so to see him run, to see him counter, again, just smaller man stuff. He's two, Last time I checked him with the Georgia Tech staff in November, he was 293. Um, and when you watch the tape, he looks like a guy – that's 270, 265 pounds. Um, so I think Keon's going to tear it up in one-on-ones. And 
I'm excited to see like where he'll be by the time we get to April. You uh you you flashed on or you talked about the flashes that he showed uh, against Clemson early on last time you were on the show uh, you were talking about Keon White uh, obviously that was before even that that first round of invites went out so um you know I know last week he was in Mel Kuyper's uh, first round in the top twenty to Tampa Bay so um there'll be a name certainly uh, I think we'll be buzzing about this week how about on the interior guys that are uh, you know going to work against the guards and centers here this week in practice well you know when you talk about guys that could help themselves i'm I'm interested to see jared clark from coastal carolina um he's probably you know again for i know you know him but but a lot of a lot of people wouldn't yep um sunbelt player uh former tight end and uh jared just i mean he's 345 pounds and what i love about him you can see you can see the athleticism just in his stance uh he he can get in a really good stance for a nose a nice tilted stance um he plays a lot of zero and one technique. And just going back to my time with the Seahawks, uh, we would have played this guy as a big five technique. We used to, we had a player named mm. Red Bryant. Um, Red Bryant, who, yeah. Who he reminds me of a little bit. So again, he's not just a plugger. He's not just a rundown Spence Post guy that can can eat people up. Um, he does have some upfield quickness. So um, and he can collapse the pocket. I mean, he's another guy that if if you just made if you made like a fifteen clip highlight reel for your D line coach and you really wanted to sell him. Um, there was some really sellable stuff. So I'm um, excited to see him come down and see what he does against these, these uh, a really good interior D-line class. Or offensive oh, yeah, they, they, the uh, the holy crap factor can stand out with Gerard Clark. It's funny with both he and Keon White, two converted tight ends, guys that showed up on the offensive side of the ball on campus when they first got there uh, and have made the move to defense and have really thrived. Um, how about a linebacker at the second level? Who's a player that uh, you, you expect to um, you know flash this week during practice? I would say um, if we're just looking, you know, there's there's games, guys like DeMarvey and Overshawn from Texas and Dan Henley yeah. from Washington State that a lot of people know about. But, but uh, you know, we talked about Tajay Spears a little earlier, but Dorian Williams from Tulane, the linebacker, um, is a guy that has stood out for a couple of years. We noticed him in a live exposure going back like three years ago. Um, so it's, it's crazy. Dorian's finally coming out. It feels like he's been there a long time. But uh, run and hit player at minimum is going to be a really good teams guy. Um, really improved in coverage this year. Uh, made made a lot of plays on the ball for a linebacker. So, you know, he's a guy that that we're excited about. And then another guy like uh, Ivan Pace from Cincinnati is a fun guy to watch. Yeah. Just his play style. He's not the biggest guy, but he's figured out how to play with his size. So he's got kind of a unique style to him. Um, but he's he's kind of a live wire. When you watch the tape, you can feel the competitiveness. And so I'm excited to get him in practice because I know what he's going to bring from like just a juice perspective and. And then the last guy I'd say quickly is Isaiah Land from Florida A&M. Uh, we put him with the linebacker group because, you know, going through the fall, he was in the two teens, and we can't put him in the D-line category. Um, you know, checking in with I, I checked in with Willie Simmons yesterday, FAMU's head coach. Um, says he's going to show up here in probably the mid-220s, which is okay. at least he's trending in the right direction. Um, you know, if he's 226, 227, which is where guys like Bruce Irvin and, and Vic Beasley and Brian Burns were all – all those guys were high 220s guys when they were in college. Um, but he's got natural rush talent, 19 sacks as a junior. So, uh, you know, statistically not the same guy this year. But uh, it's a big week. This is, this is kind of a big prove-it week for Isaiah Land. Yeah, Ivan Pace, I studied him last week, and one guy that really kind of stood out in terms of a, a potential comp, in terms of usage especially, uh, was Shaq Griffin, a guy that you guys had in Seattle, was down there in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, He's got that, that, that pass rush flexibility in terms of being able to come down. Uh, he can blitz from depth. Uh, the size, obviously, is a little bit of an issue for him, I guess, but uh, the athleticism, the ability to defeat blocks, the, the plays in space, uh, the pursuit, all, all that really stood out with Pace. Yeah, he, he's got block defeat instincts, and I've, I've, I've – yeah. uh, 
I even shared it with Ivan when we talked. Asked him, I'm like, you ever heard of Teddy Bruschi? And he was like, no. Wow. And I'm like, oh my god, these these kids haven't even heard of Teddy Bruschi anymore. Uh, I said, do yourself a favor, man. Like, pull up Teddy's Teddy's highlight stuff on YouTube because not the same player, but Teddy had a really unorthodox style as well. Um, he just, mm. he, you know, he, he he had a feel for dipping and bending and slipping guys, and and Ivan's got some of that to his game too. So. Um, yeah, just a, just a fun guy to watch. Ivan's a really fun guy to watch. I love that. Uh, how about a corner? Uh, corner, I mean, that class is interesting because we've got a lot of long bodies in there, and they're all kind of – there's there's a really big group of, like, late third to, like, fifth round guys. Uh, mm. Just talking, like, where we've got them graded and where, where, you know, most of the league has these guys graded. So, like, Anthony Johnson at Virginia. You know, Virginia yeah. didn't have a great year, so – but we're talking a 6'2 physical corner um, that can really close and make plays. So, yep. you know, he's one. Tyreek Stevenson from Miami kind of falls in that category. Um, Caillou Blue Kelly from Stanford. I talk about another school, another program that, that didn't have a great year, uh, you know, quite frankly. And, and But Caillou Blue Kelly is, is what was one of our highest graded corners going back to last spring. When you, when you just talk about movement, length and movement combination, um, he might be the best in this whole group. Um, you know, and he's got NFL bloodlines. His dad, Brian, played safety all those years with the Bucs. was back there with John Lynch. And uh, so I'm excited to get Caillou Blue Kelly down here. It's weird to be talking about uh, Brian Kelly's son. Uh, he's one of many players. <laughs> we all went through this with uh, Patrick Sertan Jr. Uh, when he was coming out. How about safety? Last position here, uh, Jim. A lot of interesting names down there uh, in Mobile at this position, too. Yeah, yeah. I like the safety group. You know, J- uh, Jamie Robinson from Florida State. Is a guy just talking about guys. I'm excited what they're going to bring to practice and tempo. I mean, that dude's really mm. a football player. But a guy again, we're just talking about guys that might make a name for themselves. Um, Daniel Scott is that guy for me at Cal. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people uh, east of the Mississippi don't stay up late enough to watch a lot of Pac-12 Pac- football. Um, but I think Daniel Scott's a guy we've been watching for a couple years. He kind of fell right below the cut line for us last year. Um, Michael Coe, our DFO last year, who's now scouting in the Northeast for the Panthers this year, uh, was a big, big fan of Daniel Scott last year. He's got, he's got corner movement, really fluid athlete, and he's got a true center field skill set that that's really hard to find. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to find guys that can play closer to the line of scrimmage, kind of, you know, quote unquote box guys, but, uh, but, but, but he's got range off the post. He's got playmaking ability. He's got ball skills. Um, and what he lacked last year and where he jumped this year was, um, he played stronger, you know. He was mm. he was a little uh, a little dish raggy, if you will, as a junior, just falling off some stuff, sliding down some stuff, and uh, this year just played with more substance. So uh, I think Daniel Scott, because free safeties are hard to find. I think we saw Kirby Joseph um, had a really good second half of the year for the Detroit Lions, um, and I think there's some similarities there between between even Kirby and Daniel. Well, Jim, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Obviously, a huge week for you guys. Uh, you've been, you and your staff, have been working literally since last year at this time to get ready for it. Best of luck to you and your crew. Uh, excited to uh, see what happens here this week in Mobile, Alabama. We'll talk to you again soon. Well, Fran, good luck to you, man. I, I appreciate it, but but you need more luck than I do at this point. Um, you're right there on the cusp of uh, going to the Super Bowl, man. So it would be great to have you in Mobile, but I hope I don't see you. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Jim. All right, buddy. See ya. 
So that'll do it for this episode of the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by Life Brand. We'll be back later this week to recap uh, a lot of the action that's happened down in Mobile, Alabama. Some of the stuff that happened last week uh, over the weekend out at the Shrine Bowl in Las Vegas, Nevada. We'll get into all of that later this week on the Journey to the Draft podcast presented by Life Brand.